Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Uh, Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 45. Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 45. If you want to go ahead and stand with me as we read the Word of God, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. And we'll pray. Uh, It says in verse 35, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed, and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on uh, to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. And a leper came to him, imploring and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, or most, most uh, translations say compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean, and, and I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing that Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out. And began to talk freely about about it and spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places and people were coming to him in it, uh, from every quarter. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today's word. As we uh, look at this word, one of the things that we're going to be focused on is, is, is it's time to get moving. And uh, as we pray for that, Lord, we pray that, uh, that we would be moved to prayer. Uh, move to compassion and and move to uh, to share uh, Jesus with others and so Lord we we just ask for application we ask Lord for those that uh, you know that that just need that touch from you this morning Lord that are, may be in pain may be hurting uh, we pray for those decisions that are being made and and family things that are happening in our lives that we can we can put that at rest right now and just be at, be at your feet um we pray for kevin's new work you know as as he starts that that lord you would be with him and and use him in a mighty way to be able to share the gospel throughout the 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 new job that he has and um and we thank you lord we just ask these things in jesus name amen y'all go ahead and be seated all right so time to get moving and we were (laughs) sitting there with joe thursday as we had our school of ministry students finish up their final teachings. And Joe emphasized the point of making sure you transition from point to point. And I told him, I said, I'm going to try to see if I can set the record for saying the, the most times moved. And he just looked at me and just started laughing. But So the title of this study is Time to Get Moving. 
And we'll look at it in three parts in verses 35 through 39, move to pray and preach. In verses 40 through 44, move to compassion. And in verse 45, move to share Jesus. So last week, one of the things that we saw is the authority of Jesus. We saw that Jesus had authority to teach. We saw that Jesus had authority over uh, evil, uh, uh, could uh, cast out unclean spirits. And we saw that Jesus had authority over all illness and disease, over all illness and disease. And so as Mark presents Jesus, one of the things that you're going to see quite a bit is him preaching and teaching the gospel. And at the same time, as a servant. And remember, he had that long day of serving all the way into late evening. And, and that was just one day of ministry. And, and, and one of the things that Mark focuses on is that Jesus is at the center of it. And he should be at the center of everything that we do. Uh, as we look at the verse point and as we look at move to pray and preach, and verses 35 through 39, we see in rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Now, early morning here would actually be, and this is crazy, but it's actually the last watch would be from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So somewhere in, in between that time is where Jesus goes out to pray. We also are going to see this next week, or, or this week, actually Wednesday, when we go into the book of Nehemiah, we'll be in chapter 8. And one of the things that we see in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 3, it says, And he read from it facing the square before the water gate, water gate very early morning until midday. And so we see, you know, a, 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 a desire, a need to not only be in prayer in the morning, but a, to be in the Word in the morning. It also talks about him going to a desolate place. He pulled away from everybody. In Luke chapter 4, verses 42, it says, He departed and went into a desolate place. And the people saw him and came to him and would have kept, uh, kept him from leaving them. And so one of the things we have to think about is when we pray, do we actually turn off the phone, turn off the music, turn off the, uh, all the distractions, Right, and actually spend time in God's Word and spend time praying. Because it's very easy for us to be distracted. And, and one of the things we have to understand too is, like I said, Jesus was up till late evening, not only casting out demons, healing uh, various illnesses, preaching the Word, and then what does He do? He's up very early in the morning to, to pray, to be with the Father. And you've got to remember, he's fully God, fully man, so he's tired the way you get tired. He gets hungry the way that you get hungry. And so we need to remember as, as we pray, one of the things that, that, that Jesus is doing is he's actually allowing God to fill him because he emptied himself out the day before in ministry. He had, to, he had to have that time so he could be prepared for the next day of ministry. And so that's what he's doing. And one thing that we need to be very careful with is it can't be a monologue. Okay, what's a monologue? Uh, if you ever watch any of the late night shows, they don't really do much of anything but politics nowadays. It used to be fun. You know, that was an entertainment thing. You could actually check out from and just laugh. But nowadays it's all politics. But the guy gets up and he does a monologue for five or six minutes. 
And, and it's just a one-way conversation. And what, when we spend our time in prayer, it should be a dialogue. You should actually be listening more than talking. Right? And that's something I know I need to work on. Right? So when I, when I say that, I'm like, hey, sometimes I'm just like, oh, Lord, I, you know, and I'm starting, starting my prayer going through it, and, and I, I need to slow down. And so, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, we know the verse very well. It says, rejoice always. So, when we come to pray without, uh, pray without ceasing, right? Because that's what it says in verse 17, pray without ceasing. We should always have something to rejoice about. No matter what's going on in your day, there should be something to rejoice about, right? We should have something to rejoice about. Are you breathing? Rejoice. You woke up this morning. You got to see your wife? Rejoice. You got to see your kids? Rejoice. You know, there are, are many things that we, we can pray and rejoice about. Uh, the other thing is to pray without ceasing. What that means is that we actually just leave the lines of communication open throughout the day. That means you can pray in your car. You, you can pray while you're standing in line at HEB. Maybe somebody's real stressed out in front of you and just ask the Lord to help calm them and bring peace to them. You know, there, there are many ways that we can pray uh, throughout the day and keep those lines of communication open. And then it says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We need to give thanks. We need to give thanks. And, and, and that's in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, With thanksgiving, let your requests be made. And, and, and so our one thing that we should be moved to do is to pray with a purpose. Right? We should be moved to pray with a purpose. As Jesus is pulled away from everybody early in the morning and, and got rid of the distractions, He's there to be with the Father. And so if you're running on empty, maybe you should spend some time in prayer. Spend some time with the Lord at His feet. You know, Jesus was giving out, and, and so He has to take back in. Remember, fully God, fully man. And so we need to, to turn off the distractions. And honestly, I mean, if you say that you're too busy to pray, Jesus would never give you a schedule where you're so busy that He's not involved in your life, that you don't have time for Him. He wouldn't do that. So you need to relook at your schedule then. If you're that busy that you don't have time for the Word or for prayer, then something's off. And you need to make time for that. At the same time, you know, we, we make time for the things that are important to us. Right? Uh, let me binge watch the last four episodes on Netflix, right? Let me watch whatever the new thing is. Or, you know, I, I, I need to get up early and go to the coast and go fishing. Well, I can get up at four in the morning and go do that, right? It, it's like, what are we doing? You know, like, are we, what are our priorities? And, and so when we make Jesus a priority in our life, if He's the center of our life, we should be moved to pray. And we should be moved to pray with a purpose. So God has a plan for you daily, and he, He's wanting you to seek Him 
for guidance. He knows the beginning and the end to your life. He knows exactly when you're being called home to be with Him. He knows exactly what's going to happen throughout your day. And yet, you're not going to Him. We need to, we need to make it a, a point to have a, an appointment to pray, to, have to pray with a purpose. Corey Tim Boom, a, uh, she was a Holocaust survivor, said this, Do not pray, uh, Don't pray when you feel like it. Have an appointment with the Lord and keep it. A man is powerful on his knees. That's so true. It's like sometimes we think in the human thinking that we can fix things on our own. It's more, <laughs> we can do more through prayer. We really can. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. So as we are praying and moved to pray with, uh, with power, it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples sought and said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And John taught his disciples. And this is very important because his disciples could have asked anything. Teach me how to cast out demons. Teach me how to preach the way that you preach. Teach me how to teach the way that you teach. Teach me how to cure illnesses the way that you do, Jesus. But what did they ask? Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. They saw him pull off and have this time with God. And they wanted that. And that's the same thing that we should have. And, and as disciples, we, they're, they're wanting to know how to pray. And so honestly, we know that the, the, the acronym, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication is something we all know. Or we should know, and that's what we should do. Adoration, you know, we know the, the prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy... We can, we can recite that, right? I remember learning that in catechism. And it, it was just checking a box off. I could recite it. But if we actually look at it, it's actually adoration when you say, Our Father in, in heaven, hallowed be, thy hallowed be your name, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. It's like, who are you speaking to? Who are you speaking to? The all-knowing God, the all-powerful God, the God that's infinite, the God that's holy, that's who you're coming to to talk to God in prayer. Adoration, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Like, do you understand who you're coming to to talk to? And, and the fact that He wants to talk to you, you're His child. If you have chosen to follow Jesus Christ, you're His child. And he wants to hear from you. An ambassador. You're an ambassador of God. And he wants to hear from you. Look, his son wanted to talk to him daily. And that's how we should be. It says and further in Matthew 6.10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's his will to be done. And sometimes God says no. Okay? You may get... Yes, on the prayer, you may get not right now, or you're going to get no. And sometimes God says no. We were supposed to be in Corpus. That's where I was going to plan at. Cal Allen heard it was open. Corpus was what? You know what's sad is that's actually the beach where I wanted to be anyway. And so it was convenient. But you know what? The Lord closed every door. Every door. And then we looked at Fredericksburg and closed the door. And then we finally just started praying. And we just said, Lord, you lead wherever you put us. Open the door wide. So we know that's exactly where we're supposed to be. And this is where we were supposed to be. So I'm glad he said no about Corpus. And I'm glad he said no about Fredericksburg and Cal Allen.
you know, because we're where we're supposed to be. I want to do what God's will is, not mine. And so I need to seek Him in prayer so I know what that is. In Psalm 143.10, it says, Teach me to do Your will, for You are my God. Let Your good Spirit lead me on level ground. We need to seek God through prayer so we can be guided to obey God. Right? Matthew 6, 11 says, Give us this daily our bread. And so, our daily bread. And you know, you think about Psalm 23, 2 when he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. God knows exactly where the grass is. He knows exactly how to feed you. He knows exactly what your needs are. You're supposed to keep your eye on Him as you're in the valley. Your shepherd. Keep focusing on the shepherd. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 says, But He answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every good word that comes from the mouth of God. We trust God, and God's going to take care of our needs. Uh, Matthew 6, 12, And forgive us of our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. Forgiving each other. That's a hard one. Right? That is a hard one. But Jesus forgave you. And yet, you can't forgive somebody. Now, let me tell you, I, with my wife, I hurt her so much. I remember going into counseling and talking with the counselor. And the first thing she brought up was when we were 17. And I was like, this was our first counseling session. I was like, this is going to be long. This is not good. Because if she's bringing up stuff from when I was 17, we're in trouble. And, and I remember just walking out of the Christian counseling sections just sobbing because I didn't realize how bad I hurt her. And, and there came a point where she finally just gave that over to God. She went into church, and <laughs> I wasn't at church that Wednesday because I was running behind on radio, so I was working on radio while the house was quiet for Joe. And they had a um, uh, they had an afterglow. Sorry, mine went blank there. They had an afterglow. Well, Teresa went up for prayer, just sobbing and saying, I just need to turn my husband over to you, to God. And Joe's like, Mike, what did you do? <laughs> he was like, what did you do? But she had finally came to that place of forgiveness. 22 years of hurt. But, but that's what God does. That's God. That's, that's you know, and, and, and at, at the same time, like if God forgave me, I need to forgive her of anything that she... I mean, because I mean, face it, guys. Any of us that have been married for some time, you, you're both 50-50. You both have your parts you play. It's not always one person's fault. There's always... It's just that's how it is. And so what we need to understand is like in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. And this is the, the best part of the verse. As God in Christ forgave you now that can be hard that can be really hard okay but remember you need to turn that over to god that can only be done through christ and so just ask the lord you know say look this person really hurt me but i just am going to give this over to you lord and and i need to get i need to not let this have a place in my heart because what happens and i've seen this happen in the church somebody hurts somebody and they, they never really forgive them. And then their heart gets hard. And a year later when something comes up, 
they bring back that thing from a year later. And I'm like, well, did you ever forgive them for that thing? <laughs> because you never did. And so we need to remember, as, as, as God and Christ forgave us, we need to forgive. And, and so uh, Matthew 6.13 says, and, let us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So again, he's just teaching them how to pray. And he's saying, you know what? You need to put on the armor of God. You need to remember that in 1 Corinthians 10.13, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will always provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So we see Jesus putting that priority on prayer. And, and so now everyone is starting to look for Jesus. In, in verse 36 it says, and, and Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. So Jesus has moved. He prayed, and now he's moved to go preach. He's moved to go cast out demons. He's moved to go heal. He's going to do everything he did, what, the day before. He's doing it all over again. And so uh, one of the things that we do understand is that when Jesus was doing ministry, he was completely dependent on God. Completely dependent on God, being led by the Spirit. That's the, the way that we should be in ministry as well. Isaiah 50 verses 4 and 5 says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain the word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. So Jesus opens the ear. God is opening the ear of Jesus. And they're having that communication, that dialogue of prayer. And, and, and he's being led and stepping out in the Spirit, being obedient. In John chapter 12, verse 49, it says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what, what to say and what to speak. So he's being led by, by the Father, being obedient to the Father. And so Jesus had all these people waiting on him. And, and the conventional wisdom would be stay where the ministry is going, right? Minister, there's people here. But what is he going to do? He goes to the next town because he's being led by the Spirit. Same thing with Philip. Y'all remember Philip in Acts chapter 8? You can read that on your own time. In Acts chapter 8, Philip is having this booming ministry happening. He's sharing Jesus and the town is coming to no faith. And what does Philip do? He's called to go and preach to one person out in the desert. And he's obedient to it and he does it. And so that's important. You know, we need to be moved to pray and to move to preach and move. Sometimes it's going to be to many people and sometimes it may be to one person. But we need to be moved to pray and preach. Uh, second point we look at is move to compassion. In Mark chapter 1, verse 40, And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go 
Show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for proof to them. And so what we see is, is we see leprosy. Now leprosy was actually, in the Bible, was actually a representation of sin. Uh, and, and this man had advanced stages of leprosy. That means digits and things would have been falling off of him. Uh, it starts off as a little spot, and then it grows. And then you start to lose feeling. And, and, and then things begin to fall off. Fingers and toes. And, and there's only three cases of healing of leprosy in the Bible. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then Moses answered, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. And then we see uh, God telling Moses here in, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Again, the Lord said to him, Put your hand inside your cloak. And he put it inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, Put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside the cloak, and when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then we know that Miriam decides to come against, Miriam and Aaron decide to come against Moses' wife, right? And that angers God, so God comes down. And then we see in Numbers chapter 12, verse 10 through 13, when the cloud removed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous, like snow. And Aaron told uh, and Aaron turned towards Miriam, and, sa and, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, O oh my Lord, do not punish us, because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be as one dead. That's what they considered, the Jews considered those who had leprosy the walking dead, because there was a death sentence. And he says, Who is flesh is half eaten away when he comes out of the mother's womb. And Moses cried to the Lord, O oh God, please heal her, please. And she was healed. And then we see what Leviticus, uh, the rules for leprosy that Leviticus had. I'm going to wait till this passes. This is our train. Everybody, y'all can take a look at the train as it goes by. <laughs> I just got to wait for the horn to go. Once the horn goes, we're good. And so in Leviticus 13, verse 45 and 46, these are actually the rules for leprosy. And there, there's a reason why I'm going into all this, and I, I'll explain it. Uh, in, in verse 45, it says, A leprous person who has the disease shall, worn, uh, shall wear torn clothes and let their hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean, unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And then the one example that we have of someone being healed of leprosy is when Naaman actually goes to find Elijah. And, and uh, he's told by the Jewish servant to, uh, that there's a prophet that can heal you. And so he goes in 2 Kings chapter, chapter 5, verses 10. It says, And Elijah sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. And your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was angry, and went, saying, Behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me, and stand and call upon the name of the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the place, and cure the leopard. And then he goes on and says, Well, he could have made me clean in this river, or that river, or that river, but why the Jordan? The Jordan's dirty, right? It's all pride and anger. 
But we see in verse 13, But his servant uh, came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. You will not do it. He, uh, he, has he actually said to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. So we see Naaman's healed. He had to get rid of the temper. He had to get rid of the pride. And then finally he's healed of the leprosy. Um, and Jesus speaks of this. This is why we're coming back to this. In Luke chapter 4, verse 27, it says, And there were, there were many leopards in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah, and none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. So, when, when this leopard comes to him, imploring to him, he can't live in the camp. He can't live in the city. He has to only live with leopards. He can't be touched. He can't get hugged. And you know what the crazy part about all this? He had to cover his mouth. And this is, this is in the, the, the law. And had to stay six feet from each other. This was Jewish law. Does this sound familiar? The, it, it, it breaks my heart. And I wrote about this yesterday. And, and the devotion is like, we allowed... People, friends, family members, our church family, to die without a touch, without a last kiss, without a pastor praying for them. Can I tell you this? I know that me and my pastor, we wanted to go to the, go to the hospitals, but we weren't allowed to because of the government. And that's wrong. And we see the same thing with the leopards being done today. Put a mask on. Stay six feet away from each other. Only thing we're not doing is saying unclean, unclean. Because that's what they had to say. This guy couldn't come around anybody without saying unclean, unclean. And it's sad. Because, you know, the reality is, it's like we should be moved to compassion the way that Jesus was. And he says, you know, if you will, you can make me clean in verse 40. And that will, you will, is actually the dunamis power. The, the, the power of the Holy Spirit that, that can make him, make him clean. It says, moved with pity. Now, my translation in the ESV says pity, but the Greek translation is actually moved to compassion. And it actually talks about from the bowels of the soul. Right? And, and so... Uh, we also see in Luke chapter 5, verse 12, we get a little more of a glimpse in the synoptic Gospels. And just remember, that's a fancy word for different camera angles, you know, from Matthew, Mark, Luke. And it says, He fell on his face and begged him. He fell down. He fell down on his face and just said, You make me clean. And Jesus touched him. So not only Jesus could have just said, Be clean, but he touched him. And, and so that's, to me, like, so intimate. And, 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 and you know, and I, I walked out of here last week thinking, did I shake people's hands? Did I give hugs? I'm like, that's who I am. And I've gotten so out of it because of COVID. You know? And it's like, people need the hug. Your kids need the hugs. You know? 
They they need that kiss on the cheek. They need the they need that. Now I've got a five second rule, okay? Because my kids they like to play with me and try to hug me for like twenty seconds, thirty seconds, try to see how irritated I can get. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, okay, that's good. I give you a hug. That's good. all right, all right. And then I start feeling the weight of it, and then I'm like, come on. And so, but yeah, we need to have that compassion, but we should have that compassion too with those that have been cast out of our society, with those that are afraid to come back into society because of fear, right? We have that happening too. I, I walked into HEB without a mask and I, I should have been yelling, unclean, unclean, because everybody was looking at me like I lost my mind. But I was like, it says it's only recommended, so I'm done. I'm sorry. I walked into Walmart without one. I'm I, all week. I've been so, you know. If it doesn't say required, I'm gonna just go ahead and go for it. So, but we see that he was clean immediately. And there's that word immediately again that Mark uses over and over and over. Right? Immediately the leprosy left him, and and he was made clean in verse 42. And immediately he's restored. And think about it. Any limb that would have fell off, any fingers, anything healed. Any area, because this is somebody who deals with nerve pain all the time, you don't feel things. Like, I can't feel my wife's leg when she puts it on my, my I, can't, I don't feel it. Because the, the nerves are that dead. And so, to get that back is, I can't even imagine what that would be like. Because you just, you forget what it's like. But he got all of that back. He was completely restored to health. And Jesus tells him, you know, in, in verse 43, and Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once. So the reason why he didn't want to tell anybody at the time is because this would have been big news. There hadn't been anybody healed with leprosy since Naaman. Since Naaman. And so this would have been big news in the city. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer... Uh, for your cleansing, what Moses commanded for the proof to them. And so the problem here is there, there was really no cure for leprosy. And so now you can imagine the priests that are there. It's been hundreds and hundreds of years. And the priests are probably going, I remember learning that somewhere. There's got to be a procedure in a, what they're supposed to do. You can imagine these priests that are there that day going, what? You've been healed or What? And then they have to go through and they have to find Leviticus chapter 14 verses 2 through 7. And this is actually a representation of the blood of Christ, which is awesome. And in and, and Leviticus 14 and verse 2, it says, There shall be the law of the leprous person for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out of the camp, and the priest shall look. Then if the, uh, the case of the leprous disease is healed in the leprous person, the priest shall command them to take for him who is to be cleansed two live clean birds and cedar wood and scarlet yarn and hyssop. And the priest shall, uh, shall command them to kill one of the birds in the earthen vessel over fresh water. See, I, I like being in the country because people don't freak out over that. When you're in the city, people freak out over that. Like, what are you going to do to a bird? You know, but it's cool. Uh, and he says, He shall take the live bird and with the cedar wood and the scarlet yarn and the hyssop, dip, the, dip them in the live bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the fresh water, and he shall sprinkle it seven times on him, who is to be cleansed of the leprous disease. 
Then he shall uh, pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird go into the open field. And so what you see is you see this is a representation of the blood of Christ, the washing and the cleansing. And, and this would have been an indicator for these priests to know that they were the Messiah. This was the Messiah. And they didn't get it. They missed it. And the last thing we see as we uh, look from being moved to compassion, the last verse that we got here in verse 45 is to be moved to share. We need to be moved to share. So remember, he's been told sternly not to say anything. But look what happens. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and, and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter, in, enter into a town, but was out in a desolate place, and the people were coming out, out to him from every quarter. And so the leopard was disobedient to Jesus. He actually was so excited and start sharing the news to everybody, right? And Jesus can now no longer go into the city because it's, this is big news. This would have been very, like everybody would have known. And, and so now Jesus is, is having to go to a deserted place again, and he spends that time in prayer as he waits for everything to calm down. And, and so, you know, he goes out to, to share. And, and we see in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, but he would withdraw to a desolate place and pray. So as he's pushed out of the city, Jesus goes and says, well, I can't do ministry right now, so I'm going to spend that time in prayer, right? And so for us, it would be easy for us to go, well, you didn't do what Jesus said. Everybody grab a stone and throw a stone at the guy, right? But what are we called to do, right? We're actually supposed to be the ones sharing the news, we're the ones supposed to be sharing the news. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Uh, J. Vernon McGee said this, The Lord told him to tell, uh, not to tell anybody. He told everybody. He tells you to tell everybody, and you tell nobody. That's the reality of it. This guy was not supposed to say anything, and he's so excited. Remember about the time when you came to know faith? That day? You were there. <laughs> right? You were there when Jesus came into your life and saved you. And how excited you were. And you wanted everybody to know. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to share the news. That's the Great Commission. That's what that, that book, uh, Kill the Noise, is about uh, by Ryan Reese that just came out. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about the, uh, the wonderful revival that's happening in Mexico right now. People come in on no faith by the, by the thousands. They actually, the government actually paid Ryan, the government of Mexico paid Ryan to come and speak to the schools. They, they flew him down and let him speak to the schools. This ain't happening in America. But it's happening in Mexico. We can't be afraid to share the gospel. That's what you've been called to do. You're commanded to do it. You need to, you need to be praying for people to be put in your life daily to be able to share the gospel with. To share the news of Christ. And what is our application for today? So if we've been moved to pray, we've been moved to compassion, and we've been moved to share... The first thing is, how is your prayer life? 
Is it a monologue? Or is it a two-way conversation? Do you quiet everything down? Do you actually disconnect and, and turn everything off so you can listen? That's something I've got to work on. I have music going all the time in the house, so that's a problem for me. So that's something I do need to work on. When I read the study, it was something that God convicted me with. is like turning off the music and you need to... Because you're, you're kind of jamming out to this and you need to be here. And so for me, that's something I need to do. And we need to make it a priority. You know, adoration. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Confession. Something that a lot of people skip. You need, to, you need to keep a short sin list. You need to actually confess your sins daily. You know, you get angry. It's just like Naaman. Naaman got angry. He was prideful. Lord, forgive me for being angry. Forgive me for being prideful. Thank you for saving me. That's the, the other part. Thank, uh, thanksgiving. Like, we have things to be rejoicing over and be thanksgiving. To, I mean, th- the fact that I can wear a, a no mask in H-E-B, I have thanksgiving because I'm like, I'm being free. I'm being, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, you know, because it's like, I, I, I like seeing, I'm, I'm a people person. And so when I can't see your face, or sometimes people, when they see this part of my face, I look angry all the time. I don't know why. And then it wrinkles all up. And, and really, I'm smiling, but when I smile, you can't see my eyes. And so it looks like I'm probably, they're probably thinking, man, why are you so angry? But I'm actually smiling <laughs> under the mask. And so, I, I, you know, we have to find those things to be rejoicing over. Um, and, and at the same time, so adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And it's a two-way conversation. Happening how? Throughout the day. Throughout the day. Communicate with God throughout the day. You're stressed out in the car? Start praying. Give it to the Lord. When I was, we were sitting in traffic, not moving. And I was like, Lord, what are you trying to... I know I'm teaching about moving today. And I'm sitting on the highways at a dead still. And I'm like, let me pray. And then as soon as we got done praying, I prayed that there's a rainbow. And I was like, oh. Well, it's, it's just, you know, we have to take that time to, to, to remember it's a relationship, not a religion. We need that, that time to, to pray. We need to be moved to compassion. Is there someone in your life that needs help? What I mean, maybe they're sick. Maybe they need a dinner. Maybe they need prayer. Maybe there's something going on. They just need an ear to listen to. Be that for them. Be that for them. Maybe they're afraid to go back out into public. Maybe they're afraid to come to church. There is that happening. Be, that, be there for them. Check on them. Have compassion for them. But also have compassion for those that are outside of society that you know need Christ. Have that compassion. Jesus touched them. Remember, Jesus touched them. And, and God wants to use you to touch other people's life. And then last, we need to be moved to spread the news. We need to be as excited as that leopard, that healed leopard was, to go out and tell everybody, I'm healed. Jesus did it. Right? Jesus did it. Who's Jesus? Let me tell you who Jesus is. And, you know, just have that excitement. And then last, just this is the last thing, I promise. I'm sorry. I can always do that. And my wife always goes with me. Time. Uh, the last thing, be moved to be healed of sin. 
Okay? Remember, leprosy is a representation of sin. And what it is, is this, the picture of sin, it grows and grows. And then the sens- sensation of the, because remember, it kills the nerves. And sin, what it does is over time, you become desensitized to it. And you, you don't listen to the Holy Spirit anymore. You don't, you don't follow what God is telling you to do because you're desensitized. You're, you're, that, that flesh and spirit battle starts to go away as the sin becomes bigger and bigger the longer it goes. And so remember, you can be healed of that. And so, you know, remember, Naaman was struggling with that. Naaman had anger issues. He had pride issues. And he had to let that go. And then what happened? He was healed. And that's the same for us. That's the same for us. Uh, Let's go ahead and I'm going to close out in prayer. And uh, we'll bring Sarah back up and we'll do one more song. But uh, let's pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for today. We pray for um, decisions. I, I, I was thinking about the Navy today. Uh, we pray for that decision that's coming up, Lord. We, you know exactly what it is, and we just ask that you uh, help in that decision, make the right one. And uh, at the same time, Lord, we ask for your protection uh, over those decisions that, that we would be guided by you. We ask, Lord, I know that each of us probably have something that we need to work on, whether we're not praying the way we're supposed to or whether we're not being moved to compassion maybe we're just so desensitized to all of the COVID stuff that we're just we're fried and 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 i pray lord that you would allow us to be to have compassion for those that are hurting to have compassion for those that are outside society to that we would be moved to share the the good news of jesus christ and uh father god we thank you so much for today i do pray for everyone here we ask that you just be with them through the rest of this week uh, that you would bless them. I ask that you bless the marriages uh, that are represented here, Lord, that you would just continue to do a mighty work in them and, and allow the uh, moms and dads to be uh, to disciple the kids the way that they need to do that as well and, and also for grandmas and, and grandpas as well, you know, for me as well. It's something I need to do. Uh, I thank you and I just pray, you know, it's my daughter's birthday is tomorrow. We pray and just give thanks for uh, our, one, our two Hawaii babies that we had and uh, just pray that she has a blessed last week of school um, and as she finishes up as she is a teacher. And we pray for all those teachers that are, have had a rough year. We pray that they, uh, they just be blessed and, uh, and the kids uh, enjoy their summer break and all those that are graduating as well. And we do pray for the city in Devon. Uh, We thank you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.